Uh, I got. I hate to do this, but I'm going to start off the show on a serious note, and um, it's because uh, I'd like to bring in Dave Perry, our 640 Toronto crime expert, to the show. Dave, there are a couple of videos uh, that are making circulation that are incredibly disturbing uh, regarding law enforcement and their handling of situations in Mississauga and also in Oakville. So uh, we're going to talk about these. Welcome to the program. Good to have you on. Good morning. Good to be here. So the first one I want to talk about is Halton Police. They have suspended one of their officers in connection with a video posted on Instagram on Saturday. I watched this video. Hopefully you have too. It is uh, an officer pushing and hitting a young man. It was viewed more than 300,000 times. And it, uh, now we don't know who shot the video. Word on the street is that it was probably shot in April. There are four officers. If you haven't seen the video yet, let me describe it as best I can. Four officers and a young man with what looks like a gym bag and it is being kicked around and tossed by two officers before one of them starts shoving and hitting the young guy several times. And the kid is, or guy, you know, I don't, we don't know how old he is. It's hard to see from the uh, video, but um, he's knocked off balance and you can, you can't hear any audio, but he looks like he's trying to collect stuff from the ground a few times. And from where I sit, Dave, it appears to be super intimidating. You know, two cops are sh- shadowing the cop that's kind of, that's pushing and shoving this guy and has, I'm guessing is the cop that was suspended. Um, but they don't seem to intervene or try and de-escalate. And another cop is hanging back. It is unsettling. If they didn't have uniforms on that identified them as police, I would have thought they were thugs. What, what did you think of when you saw this video? The video is, is very disturbing. Uh, you know, but what we don't know is what happened in, in front of that. But I'm not saying that that in a, in a protective way of the officer I would like to know what the hell he was thinking and what the set of circumstances were that led up to him doing that. I policed for 28 years, and I can't think of a circumstance where you would continuously push and shove and, and knock somebody over as as part of uh, any kind of our training. So I have no idea what was happening there, but it, the video on its on its surface is very disturbing. Yeah, and beyond the, you know being armed with a gym bag, it doesn't seem like he had anything else on him, the kid. Maybe he was mouthy, but since when is that a crime? And there's no audio, so we don't know. What we do know is it looks really tone deaf, considering the conversations we're having. Yeah, for sure, and and uh, I think you said it well. The, the kid was probably mouthy, probably had uh, challenged the police and, and done all kinds of things, but that doesn't justify what we're seeing in the video. We're, we're trained to be a lot better than that. And the officers that uh, were standing and watching, you know, if if uh, this kid did nothing, for example, if he didn't lay his hands on a police officer and that kind of behavior happened, somebody should have stepped in and, uh, you know, pulled that officer aside and reported him for what he was doing. Um, a statement issued Sunday by the Halton Police Chief, uh, Stephen Tanner, acknowledged the video says it depicts an altercation between members of the Halton Regional Police Services and a uh, male party. Immediately upon learning of the incident, the officer who made direct physical contact with the individual was suspended from duty. That's a decision that I'm responsible for as your chief of police. And um, he says that Police Services Act of Ontario, the only option you have with that act is to suspend someone from duty with pay. Does a police suspension usually occur this quickly or has this been hastened, do you think, by the fact that, you know, there's a video, it's been viewed 300,000 times. And in this current climate of call for change across North America, people want to see action. Yeah, I think it's the the climate across North America combined with the fact that there is even more video appearing 
every day of, of officers interactions, you know, with citizens. And when you've got something on video that looks so disturbing, I think the chiefs are now heading directly towards the suspension option, which is the only option they have uh, in, in terms of punishment uh, until the thing is properly investigated. That can take a little bit of time, but officers are suspended while the police conduct an investigation. Quite frankly, I, I like that option better in a case like this where it, I think it's, it serves the community well. It shows transparency and, and it shows some movement on, on the police, the part of the police that they're taking action right away. At the end of the day, this case could go either way. I mean, it, it, this case could be a justified use of force. I can't imagine how that would be, mm. but it could be. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I'll give you an example, Kelly. I've seen cops do this, you know, where somebody has pushed them. And I'm talking physically, and they're going, look, pal, don't do that again. They get pushed again, and they say, okay, and they, they engage, and they push back, and they, they don't want to arrest, they don't want to charge, but sometimes there's a bit of back and forth. Yeah, but the body language the in this, Dave, looks like there's no don't want to do it, didn't have yeah, a choice. I, I mean, that's just the body language from reading this video. I agree with you, and I'm, again, I'm not defending what we saw in video here. I'm quite frankly, looking the other side of this, it's disturbing, It. It, in my mind, doesn't fit with our training, and it just doesn't fit with mm-hmm. anything that I could imagine. But we will see. And, uh, you know, if these officers were acting inappropriately, including the ones that stood by and did nothing, then they should be taken to task. Can we talk about the, the people that stood by and did nothing? Because nothing? the police chief said he's extremely concerned about what he saw in the video, particularly the actions of all four officers who were present. Do you think we could see police discipline for the other three officers? What are the odds of that? You could, absolutely. If they determine that what the officer, the, the, the subject officer did was unlawful in any way, whether it just breaches the, the Police Services Act, our policies and procedures, or the criminal code, then the other officers should have taken action. They should have, A, intervened, and B, reported it to their immediate supervisors. Right. Now, there, there are uh, apparently two investigations taking place, a criminal investigation and a police discipline investigation. So they're two separate um, parallel processes that were available, and it looks like they are taking both of those. So let's turn our attention to um, the fact that that is not the only disturbing video uh, and story involving the police this weekend. The SIU are investigating after uh, a man, a 62-year-old, was shot and killed by police at his apartment in Mississauga Saturday night. The family says he suffered from schizophrenia and other illnesses. They were called to his apartment by the family at Morningstar Drive near Goreway in Malton at about 5 o'clock in the afternoon to check on the well-being of a man. And um, they originally called the EMS. Paramedics showed up and said he had a knife, so they then called the cops. I guess that's standard procedure. But um, the family say that they told the police he had a medical condition, schizophrenia, he didn't speak English um, very much, and he was frightened of the police. Dave, the video that was taken by a bystander on Saturday night shows uh, tactical units. I I believe there's four officers entering entering the second floor unit through the balcony, which they got to with a ladder. And actually, it's three officers. They're seen kicking open a door and yelling in. And then uh, you can hear a series of gunshots before all three officers enter the apartment. Um, if this is how cops respond to a check on the well-being call, Dave, please never call authorities if you are concerned about me. Because what does this say about how police respond to people involved in mental health crises? It doesn't look good. Yeah, it doesn't look good. This is a hinge point moment in uh, law enforcement, especially in the GTA, which, you know, a lot of people look to in, in Canada for, 
you know, that, that high standard of policing and our, what we expect out of our police officers. And, you know, these ones are really difficult. First of all, the family, uh, I just have to say it, my heart goes out to all of them when they're calling for help and this is the result. I can't imagine how that could be any worse. The other side of this equation is that we see interactions with police and people suffering from mental health issues that turn violent and go wrong on a very, very regular basis. We have policies and procedures in place for dealing with people who are suffering and in crisis. Um, those policies quite often blend with obvious use of force options as things escalate, people are armed, people are, are violent. And, you know, it's it's a frightening thing for both sides, for the family and, and for the officers. I've seen everything from a uh, you know, a peaceful resolution to, uh, you know, deadly use of force, it seems like this. We have gone to cases just like this, Kelly, where, you know, we have found people have been murdered by, by the person in crisis. We have found people dismembered and and body parts uh, being cooked on stoves. We have seen everything. Uh, these, these scenes uh, sometimes uh, take an extraordinary turn and uh, I'm, I'm suggesting that this might be a case that took quite a quite a quick turn and quite and in, in, in a quite a violent way, but mm. uh, we're going to have to wait as usual for the very long-awaited SIU report on on what's happening next. But just like the uh, last situation that the SIU is currently investigating in Toronto, Toronto Police with that young woman um, Regis who. Uh, somehow uh, fell to her death from the the balcony of of the apartment after her family called uh, for help about a a mental break that she was having um, or a mental situation, um, uh, a mental health situation. Um, We're finding that the SIU is going in, and of course we're not getting all of the details, but what we are hearing from family members is the cops cleared the apartment. They said to family uh, members, you come out and get out of the apartment and you know, they're going to deal with it. But the family members are the ones that are most uh, plugged in about what's happening. And according to this family, uh, this man may have had a knife, but he couldn't, he was in poor health. He couldn't walk very far without running out of breath. Um, they, the, the weapon that he had was reportedly a knife. They knew that from EMS. So they, they were there for three hours. Surely that's more than enough time to get in a mental health professional if, you know, you're a cop in a tactical outfit and you're thinking, well, okay, we've got guns and a taser here. We're bringing it to a possible, what, knife fight? Yeah, well, there's never going to be a situation in my mind where you, as a police officer, allow family or a mental health worker to put their, their life in jeopardy to deal with a crisis like this. It's just not something we can do. That's that's when it becomes a police issue. This one will be under a microscope, and mm. if nothing else comes out of this, maybe we'll we'll find a better way to do this, as we do with every case where lethal force is used. But it's tragic. I mean, you're, yeah. you're you're in that you're in that position. Like, what 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 would happen, Kelly? What would we be talking about this morning? Had they allowed a mental health worker to uh, to engage or a family member, and that family member was was injured or, or killed? I mean, we'd be having a whole different conversation, and we just can't allow that to happen. On the other side, what if we, and, and I don't like to be that Monday morning quarterback, but what if we did nothing and, and simply waited this out and hours later you find out that he harmed himself and he could have been saved and he bled out and, and all of those kinds of things. So there's so many scenarios that the officers have to consider before they breach a door. And and I I truly believe the reason they were breaching that door is that they were concerned after 50 minutes of non-communication that he had harmed himself and they were hoping to get to him 
to render assistance and to get him into the hospital and so on. And unfortunately, it, it would appear it turned out a very different way. I heard that they did everything by policy. They they used taser first. They used uh, other non-lethal uh, methods to try and get him under control. And when that didn't happen, they went to the last and, and most uh, disturbing But that happened in like the blink of an eye, Dave, when you watch that video, does, the tase. It, the... It, it, it always does. You know, that's what you have to be aware of, that these things turn on a dime. And they do get out of control, and and things can happen in a blink. I, it's very rare that you see a well planned, you know, like on the movies where you know finally somebody gives out gives out the order, green light, and you know they're taken out by a sniper because they're about to kill a bunch of hostages. I know, but this is a guy who way. was called on a wellness check, Dave. I mean, like I am, I I'm hearing what you're saying, and I get it. You have to. I mean, the police are damned if they do, damned if they don't, unless. It went the other way, and family were allowed to speak with him, with a cop going in, fully armed behind the family member, maybe dressed as a plain-closed cop, to protect the family member from a guy who has a knife that knows them. I mean, the family told the police he didn't speak English, and the police were informed that he was he, he was nervous of police in uniform. We're living in one of the most multicultural places in the world. Do we need more sensitivity built into police training when dealing with people who may not speak the language and have a rooted fear of authority because of where they originally came from? Absolutely, and it's something that we're always striving for. I I do know that for a fact. Always striving to have, you know, more diversity within the police services and and to have people who can, you know, connect both language and culturally and, and... and, you know, try and resolve some, some issues where it doesn't turn into something like this. Listen, there's a whole pile of people grieving over this one today, mm-hmm. certainly the family first. But I don't know a police officer on the planet, not, none that I worked with, that's for sure, that would walk away from that scene feeling good about what just happened. They're, they're probably No, and that's why I think we, we yeah. de- definitely need to rethink. I mean, this really, I mean, this video and the whole situation really does, uh, it, it is uh, like a poster child for, I hate to say it, because I hate the term defunding the police because it's it's a it's not named correctly it's a misnomer it's it's about taking some of the police funds and giving it to other you know arms that can help the police and work in tandem with the police which i think you're right it's a stressful situation for any cop to walk into uh and yeah. and it, is that even fair and we've got a lot of burnout happening we've got you know we're asking them to do more and more i want to ask you very quickly because I've, I've taken up so much time with you how long will an siu investigation take place in a situation like this and i know that the muslim council appeal is calling for um uh, an independent public inquiry the family wants a public inquiry into uh their father's death who has the authority to order these inquiries Generally, it comes through the, the coroner's office to decide if they're going to do a coroner's inquest. <clears throat> but sadly, we've done coroner's inquests on so many of these and have so many recommendations and have fulfilled all of those recommendations over the years. I'm not sure that would even qualify, and that's not good for the family. Mm. But, uh, you know, the, there's going to be rapid review of, of uh, p- police protocols. There is going to be reform on policies and procedures and and so on over the years and and there should be it's clearly it's clearly time but uh i, I watched that video it's horrifying it's oh. it's so disturbing but i'm i'm also going to tell you that in my opinion the officers followed policy and protocol and and at the end of the day it's not going to make anybody feel better about that video including me so we'll have to look at what comes out of this in terms of change all right i want to thank you david you're always so generous with your time i appreciate it anytime kelly thank you Cheers. That is David Perry, our uh, 640 Toronto crime expert.